Yeah, yeah, you're back with your boy Silkman, El Doso, Leone, Swa, Air, Silky, your silkiness, the Macho Man, Silky Savage, Nature Boy, Silk Flair, Big Silk Dog in the building with my compadre as always. It's your boy Louie Newton, the people's champ, the resident RZA of the podcast. You, you know all the rest. Yeah, yeah. So Anthropophagy been on a bit of a hiatus. Season 2 coming very soon to your head tops in 22. But in the meantime, check out these Atlanta Season 2 recaps. Back here with Anthropophagy, uh, another Atlanta recap. Uh, we're going to be talking about episode uh, number four, Helen. Uh, you got Chocolate Silky here, and you got the unabashed male chauvinist, ho ass, hotep, hodini. <laughs> what up? I guess that's me. <laughs> So we're going to start off with the uh, synopsis brought to you by uh, Wikipedia. Um, so it starts off with Earn performs cunnilingus on Van before they take a trip to Helen, Georgia for a fashionate celebration. But Earn's apathy and displeasure towards the bizarre off-putting festivities, coupled with Van flirting with a German bartender in fluent German, and Van's frustration over his attitude broil over into a profanity-filled argument over their relationship. Later, similar to season one's value, Van and her friend Christina, a fellow Afro-German, disagree over their respective identities. She later confides in the bartender that she and Ern are growing apart. As she leaves to use the bathroom, she finds her stolen friend, or her stolen phone when the daemon appears behind her. Ern then texts her saying he wants to talk. Van says she feels that Ern only uses her for sex and doesn't value her as a partner. While Ern is fine with the arrangement, they decide to settle their differences over a best-of-five game of table tennis, with a victory for Van meaning that the two essentially split outside of Ern providing child support. The explicit outcome is not shown, but it is suggested that Van won. All right, so you want to get it started? All right, um, well, let's open up with our initial impressions of the episode. Uh, for me, it was a great episode. It was well-written and expertly directed. Uh Everything I think they intended to convey, they did competently. Like, I, I can't speak highly enough of, about the job they did with all that. Like, and if you notice, I'm just talking about the technical terms, like technically, because I wasn't getting the same vibe that I normally get from Atlanta. Like, I normally, I feel like, oh, they are talking directly to me. Like, this is everything I would want to see in a show, and they're just like, spoon feeding it to me like they're spoon feeding me greatness that's the vibe i get from the show and i wasn't getting that from this like well i, I don't know if it was a different I, and i'm pretty sure it was a different director uh but 
I, I think it might be that they, uh, it wasn't aimed at me. Like, this was more for, focused on Van. So, like, I think that, I, I don't want to use that to take away from it, but, like, like I said, it was a great concept. I just didn't connect with it like I usually do. All right, so I kind of concur with what you're saying as far as it didn't, it, it didn't, like, you know, immediately resonate with me. But I feel that this, the episode was necessary. It was kind of alluded to. I mean, um, I, I'm thinking going all the way back to maybe, I think, the last episode of season one, the Blue Jacket episode, where the episode ends with him finding this key from a stand in storage closet as opposed to staying with Van that night. And then right. you don't really see their relationship until the... The, uh, I guess the mud, the money bag shorty episode when mm-hmm. when they go to the strip club and you kind of see him deferring to her saying that Van doesn't drink dark liquor all these different things he says he trusts her that's what love is you know with him sending her mm-hmm. mail over there so I felt like this episode was necessary uh, to see where is their relationship where is it actually going yeah and, and you know in the start of the episode I, I felt as if you know okay this is good like. You know, they're, they're, they're working it out. You know, they're, they're together, all this kind of stuff. They're in a solid place. He's going down on her. You know, they're taking weekend trips. <laughs> so, you know, talk about, you know, the, the start of the episode to you, that, that scene. Okay, like, so, wait, before we move on, just real quick, I want to say, like, the, how the, the episode, it, it went leaps and bounds for... Van's character, and I understand that, like, it's needed, and I kind of appreciate it, but, like, when I went going in, I thought we were going to get more of the interaction with the white people that we were getting, like, towards in the beginning, and then they just went deep with it, like, I just wasn't ready for that, but, uh, yeah, like I said, like, everything you, yeah, you, you hit it right on the head, but, so it opens up with, and, oh, this, another thing about this episode, it was heavy into the symbolism, like, it just it, it opened up with him, like you said, going down on Van and just pleasing her. Like so that that it opened up with me for him pleasing her. And I was thinking the same thing you were. Like he was doing what he was doing for her. He was trying to do that, but you start to feel that she looks at it differently. Like she feels differently about it. Like and how then so? how, how she feels she like differently. it's not him doing that for her she feels like she's an object and Mm. she's defined by that experience Mm. and immediately after that like they pan down from him diving in head first to the floor and it's scattered with toys Mm. and a little bit later like when they're in the car on the ride not to get too far ahead but it gives you a real get out feel and that that was intentional like that that wasn't by accident like they so when it i was on, upon my second watch it i was looking at it and it was the same feeling you got in the beginning to get out where it's slowly panning around the room and it's showing the main character get out like it's showing all the pictures and you're getting a full story of him as a full person but mm-hmm. with van you see her getting ate out and then you see baby shit smash cut to the empty car seat in in the back of the in the back of her car. Even when she doesn't have the baby, she's leaving. 
you you're focused on that car seat. Like it's still about the baby. Go ahead though. So um I I noticed the get out feel from the standpoint of you had a ride up, just the the, the way it was shot, the the, the lighting, cinematography, mm-hmm. but clearly we, we said get out you know, the movie Get Out is, oh, he should get out of this relationship, this interrelational relationship. They're using him and all this kind of stuff. But in this case, what is he getting out of? Are they saying, hey, y'all have a kid together, but y'all are right for each other, so get out of this situation. You're still young. Like, what was the context around Get Out to you in this in this uh, episode, or in their relationship, rather? Okay, so, um, like I said, we both wrote that in the notes. And I actually did a little bit more looking into it, and I found an article from, uh, where was that? IndieWire. And they were actually, it was an interview with the director, and who was her name? What was her name? It was Amy Simons. Yep. So she was saying how, like, everything that that we're going to talk about in here, like, was done intentionally to give the episode a creepy vibe. Like, those white people like when they're chanting and all in their face and being loud and how it's shot, it's designed to give you that, I don't know about this feeling. Like, so it, it was, it's basically to alienate Earn, to, to kind of push that, push him out of his comfort zone and into that state he was in where he was kind of acting like a little bitch. <laughs> so like, but it, it wasn't just the fact that he was a bit, it was also outside factors kind of, nudging him in that direction so let's so that's let's, the, uh, that's, so let's dial it back a bit and go from we go from you know him going down on her the toys in the mm-hmm. car to the ride up to which you allude to with with the scene of mm-hmm. the baby seat so you know my impression as they're riding up is that Ben has a feeling that Ern's going to not enjoy this going to feel awkward but at this point, I feel as if Ern is still saying, you know, no, everything's going to be fine. I've been up here before, right. you know, third grade or something he said. Felicia Jones threw up or something like that. So he's still trying to mm-hmm. validate this relationship, you know. And I feel like at this point he's still trying to court her and that they're in a good place. Yeah, like I, I agree. And. And this is where I, a, a little bit more of that symbolism comes in because they're, they're having that conversation and they're, they're smoking weed or whatever. She's like, oh, this is going to sound like a hot question, blah, 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 say some little bullshit. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, a pig comes, comes out of nowhere in the middle of the road. They slam on the brakes and they stop and they're breathing heavy like they another moment from get out, like it's mirroring that. And they're both breathing heavy and they're looking at this pig and it's just sitting there eating in the middle of the road, kind of oblivious. Like, so I'm looking at the symbolism of that whole scene, like, Earn's in control. She's just kind of off in her own thing. He's driving, like, she's the passenger in his, in his life. She, everything around her is really nothing about her. Well, I'm not going to say nothing about her, but she's not a, a, a fully realized person. It's, she's his girlfriend. She's his sexual object. She's... Yeah. His baby's mother, like, it, not, she's not even, I'm a mother, I'm his baby's mother. Like, she's the third thing in that, in, in that situation. And I'm looking at the pig, wondering what it could symbolize, and I'm thinking, maybe she's looking at that like, oh, 
I'm trying to move forward in my life, and he's or she's looking at Earn as the pig, like feasting on her, and like there's she's halted in life. Maybe I, I don't yeah. know. It, it, it's open to interpretation because they don't explain it. And I actually like that. Yeah, that's pretty deep. I mean, I, the the way you brought that around, that that is a good point. Uh, that you know, a good perspective. But I was going to say one thing about you said that she said some bullshit. But when you when I when I think about what she said, it was pretty interesting. She said, "Are are black women considered brunettes?" And what I got out of that was, white women have have had the benefit of diversity, uh, of you know brunette, redhead, you know blonde, these sort of things. Whereas right. black women, or women that choose to be black, like. It is alluded to it, or it is even expressly talked about in this in this episode. Without getting too far ahead of ourselves, okay, are always seen as someone's mother or someone's wife, as the mm-hmm. mammy, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas a white woman, they can play that leading role. They can be this fully realized person, much like her friend uh, feels she is. Whereas. You know, and, and I don't want to go too far ahead, but it, it was interesting that she brought that up, and that's something that was drawn out through later parts of the episode, which we'll talk about. But go ahead. Okay, so all right, let's get to the when they actually get to the place. So immediately, it's it's a a vibe. It's it's like a a weird ass. He's the only one there. They immediately get to talk to him like, okay, this is going to be weird for you. There's black people here that, or no, there's no black people here. And the white people, for whatever tradition they have or whatever character they, black character they have, they come in blackface. And more character. Yeah, yeah, more, yeah, you more. You more is. You're exactly. a more, basically. You look like a more. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody works from Africa. Just because I don't look like a fucking uh, uh, Nigerian prince and shit. <laughs> I, I can be Ethiopian. They, they, oh, we all black, man. Fuck you. Nah, man. Yeah, Happy here. Kevin this. Durant with the LeBron <laughs> Caroline ass nigga. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> Kevin Durant with the LeBron hairline. God damn. Oh, well, okay. Look, let, let's get back to it. So, I was actually about the black women being a brunette. I was actually talking to a white guy at work that I worked with, and he uh, was asking me something about a woman. And I was like, who are you talking about? He's like, the redhead. And I'm thinking, like, no redheads here. Like, it's uh, the white lady over there, but she's blind, and, like, uh, it's another white lady down there. She's a burner. What redhead? He was talking about a black woman directly across from me. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, I... When you say redhead, I don't think of a black woman with a red weave. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> it didn't even register in my mind, and I was like, "Damn, that's weird. Like, why? Why didn't that? Why didn't that click?" But yeah, I, it, it's something to that. Yeah. But um, yeah. So, so they get there, and it's you know it's Oktoberfest, which there's this thing about you know, white people and, and like college people, like people that go to college that they hold on to these sort of traditions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a like it felt very like a college atmosphere at that whole thing. Where it's like they have the tradition, 
But then right underneath that, they're playing like some pseudo kind of pop slash hip hop 95.5 kind of radio station underneath kind of vibe under, you know. So it was like, I was surprised that Earn felt uncomfortable here. Being someone who went to Princeton, who was always, even his fucking persona as Childish Gambino or whatever, someone who right. plays ping pong, a black dude that plays ping pong and hacky sack. And reads comic books and shit like that. So I felt it was a little inauthentic that he felt so ostracized and uncomfortable in that environment. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out what was the tipping point for him to feel that way. Because on the ride up, he was good. He was engaged in this situation. <laughs> so what, okay. what were your thoughts? My thoughts was, I completely understood. Again, like, at this point... I was still in my regular Atlanta vibe all the way up until the point where it they got shit got real. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it got grounded. It went from the surreal to very much grounded. So I'm still in the surreal phase. And in that phase, I feel like the main character is me. Like the reactions they're having is the reactions I will be having. Like so Earn, you're saying, Oh, he went to Princeton. He's cool with white people. But I don't think you I think you're kind of uh, you're projecting your your sensibilities onto him when, sure. from everything we've seen, he's he dropped out of Princeton. <laughs> he sure. wasn't thriving in that environment. He went to the people who know him, like the guy at the radio station from last season, felt comfortable enough to say nigga, and he doesn't know why. He doesn't like that shit. Mm-hmm. In, in the radio station, like, in the radio station, he wasn't with that vibe. Like he's there and like Paperboy left and he's like, yeah, this is some bullshit. Like, so I'm I'm getting that he's the black person who is accepted by white people, but he's still a nigga. Like he's still from the hood and he doesn't like when they when they get on that bullshit, it, it makes him uncomfortable just like it would make his cousin uncomfortable. He just has a a better way of dealing with it. Like he he has a higher tolerance for it because I guess he's used to it. But like it it all came to a head when the lady came up to him and touched his face. <laughs> like, yeah, oh my God, your that, costume is so... It rubbed his face. And she was like, oh, crazy, I'm man. sorry. Like, she thought he was in blackface. Like, look, white people, y'all already got a thing where you're trying to touch black people's hair. Like, they're touching black yeah. kids' hair. Like, it's, Don't do that. You touch my face? I might yeah. swing on you. Like, it, it, yeah, I, I'm going to tell the police she assaulted me. Like, don't, don't touch me. What the fuck that's, is wrong with you? That's pretty crazy. So like, yeah, that, that would kind of be the tipping point. Now, what does that ever happen? Where someone's just... Yeah, that would be the tipping point for me. Like, <laughs> if I'm cool with some stuff, then you come and touch my face to see if I'm even real. I'm not having a good time. <laughs> like, my good time times are over. Now, let's go to um, the Hoots Coots. Mm, okay. Think of that shit, the Hoots Coots game, and how he just dropped the balls in there, and they treated him like he just like the first person to slam dunk a <laughs> basketball and shit. Like, oh my god, I've been playing this my whole life, I've never seen that happen. Did Bro, you- like, I I don't, I have no idea, but I see, and we're not supposed to know what the fuck was going on because we're earned in that situation. We're like, well, what the fuck, like. The, the the ball going to bed. Let me let me put him in the bag, and everybody's freezing the fuck out. And I it it was a look of 
genuine amazement on their faces like nobody ever thought to do that like i didn't think it was condescending I, yeah it, that's what i was, was wondering too, yeah yeah it, it was super surreal but in, in those situations i'm thinking like why didn't anybody give him a heads up why didn't van tell him like okay we're gonna play this game these are the rules of the game this is the object of the game he doesn't know what the fuck is going on and so that, that's that's further in the aviation. So already somebody came up to him and touched his face. And if you remember, the his friend that he saw, he thought he had like a little guy who was going to be like, yeah, this is some bullshit. He's like, oh, this friend, he was a white guy. No, I'm all in. You see, I wear a leader hose. And this is my damn. Why are you even here, man? Look at me. I'm right. leader hose. And then, look, he told him, like, look, I got a mask and a car for you. And Earn not being wanting to get too involved, he's like, look, look man, I, I, I'm cool being me. But right after that, the girl touched his face. When he sat down to play that game, he had on a mask. Right. He literally turned into the Invisible Man. And I don't mean Invisible Man like fucking uh, Fantastic Four, Sue Storm. I mean Ralph Ellison, the Invisible Man. Like, right. the, the, the real shit. Like, he's there, but he, he doesn't even want to be seen. He just wants to kind of fade into the background because this is bullshit. So he's already feeling... Like, he's all alone on the island. And the person he came here with, like, when you go to a party, think about that. When you go to a party with your significant other, even if it's around her friends and family, she's kind of your anchor. You don't know anybody, so you're kind of attached to her. And she, she's helping you through it and introducing you to people. If you pay attention, Van was on the other side of the room. Like, yeah. he, he was completely isolated, getting his face rubbed on by some strange white woman, <laughs> trying to rub the black off. Yeah, and then it's like she, because she said, uh, walking up, she's the Serena Williams of this. Everybody's got to respect her. Mm-hmm. And then after that, she was like, "You got lucky as fuck. Next time you gotta <laughs> listen to me." He's like, "You sound, you sound like Serena Williams' dad." <laughs> and then you know they, and then that that leads to the to the Drake thing, right there. Yeah. Where is that where it leads to the Drake thing, or is that before uh- ping pong or after? No, the drink thing was uh, before ping pong. So, so it's right like, after. Yeah, go ahead. So it's, you know, at the end of the episode, she's saying like, "I want to be in this relationship. I want to not be treated like an object." But she has a funny fucking way of showing it because you are making this dude feel uncomfortable every step of the way. Now you're flirting with this bartender in German right in front of him. We say flirting. We don't know what the fuck they were talking about, honestly. But that well, was you can read from the body language, man. Mm, uh, that could be mistaken. You know what I'm saying? Like that—that that wasn't, uh, and it was meant to be left sort of ambiguous because there were no subtitles. We weren't meant to know what the fuck right. was going on in that situation. True. So, so we're we're saying, that was oh, he's one hundred. Exactly, because it's a, that. Well, okay, that's a little bit heavy-handed with the whether it's the acting or the direction. One, it's a little bit heavy-handed. But what we're feeling is what how Earn feels. Like that we're seeing that through his eyes. Like he, in his eyes, oh, they're one hundred percent flirting. But we don't know what's happening in that conversation, and that's gonna come up a little bit later too. So we're getting that whole thing. But in, in any in, in any case, like. There, I, what I took from it was they're having this whole convo and how it ended. Earn kind of butted in like, um, ding, 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 ding. Can I get some service? Uh-huh. And then everybody stops and the bartender was like, 
wow, like how rude. But at that moment, what came into my mind was, motherfucker, y'all could have been right. speaking English this whole time. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm sitting here, y'all having a private conversation in a foreign language that you know I don't speak. You didn't introduce me to him. You didn't right. start talking to him and introduce me as your boyfriend. Like, you having this whole ass conversation. Like, all right, this is my thing. Like, maybe she's, she speaks German. She doesn't get to speak it that often. She already said, took an interest in saying that she wanted him to learn it. Like, so she, she's excited to be able to speak her, her other language. But you don't fall into speaking a language by acting like you don't accidentally slip up and start speaking pig Latin. You speak pig Latin when you're trying to hide something from somebody. Like right. you're, as a parent, you're not going to just slip up and start spelling, uh, go get the C-A-N-D-Y. You're doing that to keep something away from somebody. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I kind of like, er, he, he had a reason to be upset. It could have been handled through a conversation right after that. But it's a show, you know what I'm saying? So like, right. it, 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 but it added to the building tension and the added isolation that he was feeling, which is now switching over into insecurity. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, like you said, it was meant to be ambiguous, but my impression is that she was a little too forward with this dude. He checked to make sure that he did not understand German. He asked her <laughs> in German, does he speak German? Does he understand what we're saying? Oh, yeah, I missed yeah. that part, so, though. <laughs> so, yeah, he was a sleaze all about it. And, yeah, that takes us to the dance room uh, scene where, like you said, Ern is starting to feel insecure where he's saying, like, maybe she wants me to be this dude that dances to polka and speaks German. I'm not that guy. This is lame to me. Like, he's starting <laughs> to kind of sound like a brat and everything. Mm hmm. So, but he was, and at the same time, I felt for him. Like, I, I empathized with him because, sure, he was kind of acting a little bit bratty, or however you would describe it, but he's completely out of his element. He's alienated. He feels like he's 100% alone, and that's that insecurity. He's not let. Well, no, he's kind of lashing out, but it's from a place of insecure. Like, she doesn't want me. She's here in her element. She, he just saw her flirting with that German guy. Like, hasn't said shit about it. He hadn't even checked her about it. Like, hey, what the fuck was it? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. he's just in his feelings right now. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, I get it. And that brings, like, and right after that, like, he's talking to his friend about it. And, uh... Like his friend, like he, his friend was on some real shit. Like, right, right. It, it, it was one, but it was one possibility. His friend didn't see that, didn't see his girlfriend flirting with that bartender. You know what I'm saying? He said, like, no, she wants to be close with you. She's trying to involve you, and that could genuinely be the case. But it also could be that she's tired of his shit and she's in this element, and like that's kind of what she's leaning towards. So, uh, they they both got valid ways of looking at it. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, you know, I, I get that point of, you know, the dude was on some real shit, but it's, I think Ern doesn't really want a relationship with her. Like, he wants yeah, a, that, a situation of convenience. <laughs> so it's like, back to the, the question that white dude asked him initially. All right. 
Like, if you're not going to play the role, why are you here? Mm-hmm. Which is, which is, that led to my confusion of, you, you don't want a relationship, why don't do relationship stuff? <laughs> you know, like, you don't, don't be going on weekend trips and things like that. Make everything on your term. Which, when they go aside and they argue, she says, hey, we do everything you want to do. I want to spend time with you and all that kind of stuff. He's like, this is stupid. I don't like it. Go ahead. All right. So before we get to that part, like one thing that uh, kind of got, it, it was right before the part you just started talking about, like it wasn't that he's doing relationship shit. Like it's fine to do relationship shit and be in a relationship. Like, but what he kind of wasn't feeling was the extra shit. It's a, it's one thing to go to your girlfriends or a girl, woman you're seeing family reunion but it's a complete another thing to say oh yeah we're at the family reunion they're having a talent show you want me to show you some moves so you can be at the talent show <laughs> like that, that's a whole different thing oh yeah yeah like you, you that, that's another level to it like if you were like that, that's like if you don't know how to dance and people are in a circle jitting uh listeners they y'all might not know what jitting is that's some detroit shit it's it's like shuffling like they do in Chicago like that shuffle shit, but way better. <laughs> YouTube it, Google it, you, you, you will see. But like that's like it's a big circle and somebody's jitting and your girlfriend's like you and her party and shit. She's like, oh, go out there. I'm going to show you how to do it real quick. That, that, it's not that. Like you didn't grow up doing that. You don't know how to do that. You might just not want to be, you, you might not be the center of attention type. And Earn comes off that way. Like he doesn't want to be in the spotlight. He's like, no, well, I'm good in the background. So I didn't take it as necessarily a... Uh, uh. Oh, I don't want to be part of this type thing so much as uh, I maybe that isn't just for me at yeah. this point. But it gets worse. <laughs> but it continues. Like it's like I, I'll be here and be supportive, but I'm not about to be center, you know, center, uh, center yeah. stage doing this with you. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that, you know, that takes us to the you know the ping pong table, you know, where they play ping pong and. Which I thought was weird that he didn't know how to play ping pong. It's like just the only white sport <laughs> I know. Or whatever. So, you know, he ends up losing. And it's like he feels like he's cheated. Like she hustled him. When actually that, it was his suggestion. Yeah, but, like, but with the ping pong shit though. Like what was funny to me was like it's the only white sport I know. And he didn't know that. Like I don't look at Earn as like this connoisseur of white culture like I, he's just a, a regular dude who happened to be smart so he went to school around some white people like but he's not I'm like he's just as uncomfortable like this is another another reason i'm like oh shit like earn ain't really that dude like he's really not that dude he's not trying to play like oh i'm i'm not feeling it like he's really not that dude hmm. And like what the what I got from it though, like at, like you were saying about the uh, the ping pong. So they play the ping pong game, and he ends up losing, and he he's being a baby about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh well, when we normally play, like you you don't just demolish. Like we play basketball, I'm not gonna just demolish you. And like and at this point, I'm like, okay, you starting to sound like a little bit of a bitch. And then afterwards, she's like, okay, whatever, come on, let's just go dance. In which case, you just go dance. That is Boy. not what happened. He said, I'll do it if I have to. Nigga, what? Like, now, now I don't want you to do it. Like, like, that's when he went from, okay, 
the empathetic and my feelings are hurt earned to nigga you the fuck boy earned <laughs> it, it, it switched over in that moment like if I have to right right like I gotta put on this performance for these people for you if I have to do it type of thing yeah mm. yeah man and then you know so that lets you know a complete breakdown of like you know it's all a facade like you're you're just playing this role for this situation when i guess get out is like you just be real about your relationship and your situation because once it once it got to this point where hey you have to sacrifice and do something for her right. it's like hell no fuck that i'm not doing that yeah. shit it's yeah. stupid i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> but question though like and i i haven't didn't think about this until just now is that a form of tap dancing? Well, I mean, not really. I mean, it's the thing. Like, if this is somebody you love, someone that you want to be with, and you want to be supportive, and they want you to do this thing, I don't think that's tap dancing. I think that's what if being you, supportive. What if the thing was putting on blackface with red lipstick? No, that's it. I mean, that's... That's like textbook. That's the culture. That's, that's blackface. You know. That's, that's like, the culture. Okay, like, but they, 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 you know, you're not in blackface. You're playing the more. Like in the Netherlands, I'm not sure if that's a real thing in Oktoberfest, but I, I know is. in the Netherlands they got uh, Saint Claus or whatever. They're Santa Claus. He doesn't have elves. He has like a a fucking a black dude. He has a fucking slave. Like no, not not a help a slave. His his, his name. What is his fucking name? Is Something Sverde Pete or it's some it translates to Black Pete, Black Pete and Swarte white Pete. Yeah, so white people come in blackface with the red lipstick, like charcoal black painted faces, red lipstick, and they do that thing. What if she was from the Netherlands and said, "Hey, you're black. Why don't you go with Black Pete?" <laughs> oh wow, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's wrong. I mean, that that is exactly yeah. But this wrong. isn't that. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm kind of cool. taking it to the extreme. Shouldn't. Yeah, this is crazy. This is the thing they do. <laughs> I'm looking at these pictures. This shit is crazy. Yeah. Okay, listeners, Google that. Google Netherlands Santa Santa's little slave. <laughs> Santa's Suarte slave in the Netherlands. Swarte Piet, Black Peter. Piet. Piet. That shit will fuck you up. And it is definitely like parade. Like all the white people, they love that shit. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. I just saw something. I, I haven't looked all the way into it, but there were a bunch of kids. They had, they they sung like some song and they had a blackface mask over their face when they sung it. They're supposed to uh, teach them like racial awareness or some shit. Bro, yeah. It, it's like... I, I could tell these stories for hours. This is the last one. It's some shit, and I don't even remember the fuck where. But they, it's some holiday. They give out like chocolate covered knuckles, and it was because I want to say Saint Pete, or was this was this some Saint Patrick's Day? It might not have been. I'm, I'm not gonna say for sure. But they chopped off black people's hands, <laughs> and like to mark that occasion. They give the they give everybody chocolate knuckles like it's the most fucked up shit I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, the white people they, they, they got some fucked up tradition. So that takes us to the uh, 
throw that Yeah, I mean, we just, I mean, we could go <laughs> on and on with the fucked up <laughs> traditions. I mean, we could, we could take it all. No, I like to, that thing. Know, right we got, at some point, you just got to close that chapter, man. I mean, right. So the, the chopped off slave hands takes us to uh, when, er, when Van and... <laughs> When Van was talking to her girl, you know her, her girl's name, the other biracial chick, uh, I don't remember her name. but yeah, she, yeah, it's on the thing here. Her name oh. was Christina, the so, fellow uh, Afro-German. So, Van's talking to the fellow Afro-German, Christina, and, like, immediately, like, they give her, she gives her a hug, but starts like it's another white couple that comes up and she's introducing her to the white couple and she said oh this is Lodi's mom mm -hmm. and they're like oh Lodi's mom yeah we love Lodi yeah this is Ern's girl like yeah. mm -hmm. oh Ern we heard he's doing this and he's doing that and Paperboy's he, he, he's kind of doing the big right now like well are you in the music industry uh no no I'm, I'm and then are she just the, her friend steps in like she used to be a teacher She's like, oh, okay, so you're not involved with Earn's business at all then. And she's like, no, I'm kind of in between. Like, everything they they ask her and everything she's labeled as has nothing to do with her as a person, mm -hmm. as, as a, her own separate entity. She she has no um, identity outside exactly. of her relationships to being a mother and, uh, you know, a... a a, a love interest. Like, if her life was the Beckdale test, it would fail horribly. <laughs> like, this, yeah, she, she's completely identified by the men around, or the, the her man and her, basically, baby. What's the, what's the Beckdale test? Oh, yeah, yeah, listeners might not know that. So, the Beckdale test is uh, when you look at a movie... If there are two female characters who have dialogue with each other and it's a dialogue about something other than a man, like if, and it's a couple other factors in it, but that, that's the main one. Like, do two female characters have a conversation that isn't about like a love interest or a man or I think it might be something to do with kids? Like, showing do, do they basically do these women in your movie have agency? Because most likely they're just. Plot devices. That's how it generally happens in Hollywood for whatever reason. Well, yeah, because men are kind of assholes. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, and I, I think again, this episode was a bit heavy-handed. Not too much so, but they were kind of leaning into. And I think it was intentionally failing all those plot points to prove a point <laughs> that yes, this is a star in this show. You haven't heard, seen, or heard from her until she got her pussy ate. Like. She has no agency, but watch this. You know what I'm saying? Like I think it was like one of them moments, yeah, which is why I say it's good. But I didn't really. I, I uh, it, it was good, <laughs> but then like okay, so back to it though. They were saying like she was lucky to be in the position that she was in. Like that was another thing. Like she, oh, you're lucky because you you basically ain't doing shit. You're a you just some. Rap producers or rap managers, baby mama. That that's the box they were putting her in. Yeah, which you know, someone as high minded as her, that's something that she has to to absolutely resent. Uh, along with uh, this this uh, dichotomy that you see between her and Christina, where Christina says, you know, like 
as we were always young, you know, you were searching for that identity. You always went to the black parties. I chose black, you know, you chose to be with Earn and I chose Dave. So, you know, you being a baby mother, I feel like you're more prepared for that. You know, so it was, you know, very interesting thing where it, like a biracial identity like this. You yeah. can make a decision, actually. You can make a decision of whether you're going to skew white or, or, or black. Uh, but it shouldn't be like a, she's making it seem like she's settled um, as opposed to, mm. you know, what, what Christina did. What was right. your take on that? Bro, like, like it, it hit me when, like, and you gave it a little more subtlety than the character actually did. Like, you kind of set it up and then say, oh, but what happened was she just kind of said, oh, no, like, you wear that shit well because, you know, you chose black. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's, that, that's how it came. And she didn't say anything prefacing it, mm. nothing to set it like that. that it, she just came, she was talking about her being a baby mama and not having her own identity. Like, oh, yeah. you chose black. Like, so you, you this so is what you want. Like, right? black equals single mother <laughs> you know what i'm saying but the the fucked up part is like so after she said that van was like what what, what the fuck do you mean but then she started going into the oh well you didn't hang out with me and like uh you you it was me and the white girl and you you never hung around us and you went to those the, the black parties and you never invited me like so that's what she was saying and she immediately rebutted like um i didn't hang out with the white girl because she was mean to me uh -huh. you didn't hang out with me like i didn't invite you to our parties because you always acted like you were better than us and like uh -huh. that's kind of the thing that made me start thinking like okay the idea of choosing black i don't think that's a thing you don't get it might be more of a thing in the suburbs but yeah definitely is in the suburbs in the city you can be mixed and say, oh, I'm white. I skew white. But you're a nigga. When you get pulled over by the police, you're a nigga. But the funny thing is, when you get pulled over by the police out there in them suburbs where there are no black people, you're still a nigga. The, yeah. only, the only difference in you choosing white or black is how you feel about other black people. Yeah, that is a good point. And then, like, the other thing to go... Point. She's like, oh, I wish I had kinky hair. But you straighten yeah. your hair, which is weird. Right, like... You, to say, you, you, you know. You, so she's trying to play that role, like, oh, I want to be black, but she she's only playing a role to distance herself from black people who she doesn't identify as. Like, so she doesn't identify with those black people, so I wish I had kinky No, you don't. You know... In your mind, straight hair is better, so you straighten your hair, and you say you wish you had hair like that because you look down on that hair, and you want to separate yourself that, oh, I don't have that nappy shit. Right, and right. You want some cool shit, basically. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> basically, that's what it boils down. Word. Bro, you straighten your hair and then saying you wish you had kinky shit around your white people friends? Come on, man. You, you, you the coon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Most definitely. So, yeah, man. So, you know, we then we go from there to, 
Uh, where does that lead us to? To to the street uh, scene, to the fuss, oh, yeah. to the uh, whatever they said, where the <laughs> where the big bird looking motherfucker steals somebody's sting. Oh, still, let, so they stole a phone. We ain't talk about that at all. Let, 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 let's just mention that though. Like so, they got this big snuffle luff against big bird looking motherfucker with a with a big ass mask like it looks like some shit you've never seen walking around and he's like kind of in the background of every scene like he just walk past laugh like this <laughs> like, a creepy ass it's the creepiest shit ever like you would just look over there like the camera pan and he'd just be right there fucking like this yeah like i didn't know what the fuck was going on with that i wonder if that's a thing though yeah clearly it's a part of the fashion up so there's still <laughs> something and then you know, you're 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 a soldier or whatever the fuck they called her. So then that takes them out to the street where they're walking around, and then she's back with that bartender, and he, you know he's he's basically telling her, "Hey, love yourself, to thine own self be true." But really, that's some game to say, "Hey, fuck with me, you know I got it." No, that that's not. I I I, I don't. I didn't see it like that, bro. Like. It might have been, but the way I was looking at it, like, it was more, he, the first thing he said was, oh, if you ever want to come to Germany, I have a place for you. And if that's designed for you to think, oh, shit, I knew it. He on there trying to get up. But his next word, it was a pause. His next word was, and your boyfriend. I got a place for y'all. And he he's kind of, listen. He was yeah, testing the waters. Listen, so. After that, she's saying, well, I don't know if it's going to work out and blah, blah. And he's telling her that you can't put love in a box. Like, that love is what it is. Like, it, it doesn't take the form you want to take it, but that doesn't mean it's not love. And she's like, well, can it die? He says, well, everything dies. But at least you've lived through it. Like, So he he's kind of giving her, like, hey, like, if you got it, hold on to it and accept it for what it is like don't try and change he's basically telling her don't try and change her that's what i got from it all right fair enough but um i would say that Ern totally got something completely different from that because he walked right past that guy it wasn't like oh hey what's up man or anything like that and you know why because she was still on that fuck shit she earned is walking behind those his girlfriend and this German bartender that she was flirting with earlier, speaking in German. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she doesn't say shit to her. She tells him, oh, I'm about to go to the bathroom and mm. walks off, just cuts off into an alley and shit. And Ern don't know shit. He don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, he just walks past the dude because in his mind, like, Paul, he know they still flirting. Right. True indeed. You know. And that brought me to him walking around, you know, smoking weed, which I, it, it kind of felt like, I don't know if you saw this, but Offset from Migos was at, uh, you know, he's sitting front row at the runway or whatever, Fashion Week in Italy or somewhere, and a nigga smoking weed. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, do it for the culture. But then I'm thinking, like, this nigga's an asshole. Like, like motherfuckers got kids here. You know, niggas got they fucking thousand dollar garments and shit. Don't nobody want that fucking weed smoking they shit. Hey, your dreams came true. Don't mean you gotta be an asshole and try to shit on everybody else's dream. Yeah. 
Exactly. Like when I, I, I was talking to somebody at work about something like this too. Like they was in Vegas and they were saying like, uh, yeah, man, we had, we was in this fancy ass restaurant. We was passing around pints and shit. We got put, I'm like, y'all should have got put out. He's like, wow, we spending all this money for this shit. We should be able to do. I'm like, bro, you can do what you want, but if everybody do what they want, it's not worth that high ticket. I don't want to come in that bitch in my fucking suit and my tie and sit down and I'm ha- trying to have a nice dinner with my woman and see you over there. Woo! Like, right. It was a white dude. You know what I'm saying? They passing around fireballs. <laughs> like, I don't want to see that. I, I, I be telling like, hey, uh, you, you need to go do something about them motherfuckers before I do. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. Like that. So it, it, it's, it's that kind of vibe. Like I, I understand your enthusiasm and your willingness to be on some boss shit if that's what you want to go. Because you got to feel like a boss. You blowing in the front row of the fucking fashion. You, that's got to feel good like you made it. But I'm going to have a problem if I'm sitting next to you with my kids. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I kind of felt like that 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 looked like to me. Yeah. So, you know, and then that, that takes them to, well, you know, she, she, gets her, she, she gets her phone back from punching uh, Big Bird. Um, and then he says hey we need to talk but I thought this was interesting because he says hey we should talk but she comes you know guns are blazing this thing is just sitting there like usually like if you say you need to talk you're going to be the one that controls the conversation where he's just like he wanted shit to remain as it was like you really didn't want to talk. You just wanted some attention, basically. Like, exactly. like he didn't have shit to say. He didn't have shit to say. Like, he just kind of <laughs> felt like he was left out there. She up here speaking German to other niggas and shit. So, you know, what, what were your thoughts about that scene right there? Well, the we need to talk thing, like, it basically it's just how you said it. Like, and I wasn't, I didn't feel like this on my first run through, but my second watch, it kind of switched from a different vibe from a, oh, we need to talk as in like, we just got to talk and connect and work this shit out to all the shit. You, he was flirting. She was flirting with the bartender. I'm, I'm kind of seeing it from Ern's perspective, which I shouldn't be. I should be looking at the perspective, but I, I'm a dude. So I, I kind of was feeling like, damn, how he just walked past the German dude after they was having a conversation. They were having a conversation that was kind of in his favor but he doesn't know that. Like, he walked past, like, just blowing his blood. Like, at that point, he's like, man, fuck this shit. So I'm like, oh, shit, this nigga about to be pissed. But then she came in, and he was just like, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. So basically the same shit. But, like, once they did get to talking, he, she asked him, like, okay, so what, did, what, where, what do you want? He like, well, I want a rematch. She like, no, out of the relationship. And he's like, well, uh, this feels like a trap because it did. Like, you could tell she was heated. It, like, it was that type of question that your girl asked you when you know she about to go off. Or, like, ain't, ain't no right answer you can give. Like, she, she about to tell you some shit, but she just want right. to see what you're going to say. So, right, right. He, he, uh, he said, well, I think she, it should stay the same. Oh, so you just fine with it stands? You're like, yeah, this is definitely a trap. So she said she want to be treated like a person and not just somebody to fuck. Like, she don't want to be... It, what was some more things she was saying? I, I don't remember offhand. Was that... What, what was some of the other things she was saying? Basically, like... Well, she, she wanted she to be, want to like, be treated like an object. She wanted exactly. to be in an equal kind of... Wanted to be in an equal relationship. Mm-hmm. And not be treated like an accessory that, that he right, can fuck. Right, right. So, 
what's and that was all which you know it's fair you know which completely what you thought would be her expectation which was rightfully her expectation given from you know season one where you know she's holding him down letting him stay at the house bail him out of jail doing all these kind of Uh things and it's reminiscent of you know like it was deep. Like I felt, I felt the weight of every black woman that felt left behind by a nigga who, when he get on, Leo asked for a white girl type of thing, type of situation. Especially with without going too far ahead, she closes the door on him, and the fucking address is B four. You know, which I thought was crazy. But yeah, like the this feeling of. Um, you're going to leave me behind and like, you know, I've done all this for you, but you know, now that you're, you know, you got your shit together, you're going to, you know, going to move on. It's what this, this feeling of dread that she had about the situation, like that she's obsolete or not needed anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like, and then what else is what happens when he does leave? Like, who is she? When he leaves, like she, she doesn't have anything of her own, and like that's what that's another thing the German was telling her. Like you can't love somebody else if you don't love yourself. You got to love yourself first, and like that—that's the thing. Like you can't allow yourself to be validated by an outside force. Like you can't be happy unless you're happy with yourself. You got to be happy, then you're gonna attract that happiness. Like so, if you're unfulfilled nobody's ever going to fulfill that. Like, so I kind of like that she took charge of that situation. And it kind of brings me back to, uh, and you're going to say I'm a fanboy, but uh, on the ride home, she was driving. Like, so immediately I'm like, okay, symbolism once again. I'm thinking about the Childish Gambino song, Heartbreak. In the video, it's all about him basically womanizing with this fucking woman or whatever like he's fucking her he don't give a shit about her he's cheating on her she gets a they stop talking she gets a boyfriend but he still got a special spot for her so or she still got a special spot for him so he comes back in he's still fucking she's cheating on her boyfriend with him like and then it gets to the point where she cuts him off he's getting serious and like so now he's calling her like, oh, what's going on? Like, you can't do me like this, blah, blah, blah. And, but the interesting thing, what relates it back is in the beginning when he's doing her wrong, he's in the car driving and she's sitting in the back seat. Then, like, after that, like, they're both in the front seat. Then by the end of the song, he's in the back seat begging and shit. And, like, she's just driving, not paying him no attention. And that's the kind of vibe I got. Like, Van, is, she's now got the keys. She's driving the car. And Earn is in the passenger seat just along for the ride. Like, mm-hmm. he's smoking weed. He's trying to roll down the window so he can blow the smoke out. She's not even letting the window down, nigga. You ain't even got control over that. Like, so she basically took control of the situation. She wasn't feeling fulfilled. She didn't like the way it was going. So she hopped in the driver's seat and turned that bitch all the way left. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I mean, like, she basically just ripped that Band-Aid off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that leads to... You know, a guy who's been a bit ambivalent about certain things like his relationship with her and all these different things where he's forced to make mm-hmm. a decision. Like he says, you know, I don't want you to waste any more of your time. So there's that clear break. Oh, you know, yeah. And then but, that that's the end of the episode with the beef. Wait, but let, let, 
real quick, let me just expound upon that because that that hit me hard. Like when when she was saying like, uh, "What do you want?" Like when and oh shit. Uh, so she wanted him to change. That was the thing. He wasn't going to change. Like so, in that little dichotomy right there, like. Now it's up in the air. Nobody's taking control. And Erm, he's kind of the type to let stuff happen. He's not going to force the issue. When he when he's homeless, he'll go up a paperweight house, going back to the last episode. He sees the dude sleeping on the cross. They say, you good? He's like, yeah, I might. Call it pride. Call it uh, meekness, whatever. Like, he didn't go in there like, no, nigga, I ain't got nowhere to stay. Right. <laughs> I got to put out of a, I'm homeless, nigga. Like, right. I, I'm <laughs> He didn't do that, you know what I'm saying? Like, so he, he's the let stuff happen type, and path of least resistance. Exactly, and she's yeah. been just there with him, riding that wave of least resistance. Oh, you ain't got nowhere to stay. Come on, come in here. Oh, you, 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 you. I'm here. I'm horny. You can hit. Then you go off and do whatever the fuck you gonna do. You know what I'm saying? Like, so she just broke out of that. Oh, I'm ready for change. You're not fine. I'm changing. We don't have to change, but I'm going to change. You could change with me, or you could continue being you by yourself. And that's what she did. And that shit is amazing. Like, the, the, whew, I, I put the fist up in the air. Although it was so, it, it was sad to see happen, like, because I was rooting for him. But, damn, I'm, I'm proud of him. You go, girl. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, that leads to the end of the episode where, you know, the, the door says, before. Mm. And I'm wondering, what does that mean? Like, before, you know, they really blow up and shit gets really crazy. Right. You know, before, you know, she realizes that he's not in it, you know, to be, you know, in a relationship with her and she flourishes on her own. Like, I don't know what that really represents, but, you know, it was a good way to round out the episode. And it's another way of that heavy handed symbolism of just throwing something like, Get this yes, shit. Sir. Get this. <laughs> Wasn't quite Tyler Perry hitting you over the head, but like this, this, this was heavy for the type of shit I like. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is as heavy as it could get before I start rolling my eyes. <laughs> right, right. So you know, uh, so that I mean that rounds out episode four. Anything else you want to add? Oh uh, no, no, we 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 did that shit, man. Like I think we <laughs> touched on everything. Yeah, this, yeah. this is a great episode, man. Y'all are lucky to be listening to this shit. (laughs) Right, right. So, yeah, there you go, Anthropopagy. Uh, Once again, another Atlanta recap. Uh, Next episode, we'll be talking about that barbershop episode. Coming right back at you, back to back on that ass. Back to back.